Now, here is a thought to ponder. Propaganda does not deceive people. It merely helps them to deceive themselves. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. I'm begging of you, please don't hesitate. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. I want to choose my, my words carefully as I open the program today as to, number one, not be misunderstood, and number two, not to come off like I'm not caring, or I believe that all of COVID-19 was a total hoax. It really wasn't, but much of our response was. I believe what we have witnessed over the past 18 months has been nothing short of criminal. And let me explain why. I've got several stories in front of me, some that have been shared by some good listeners, others that I have found, and I'm looking in front of me at some stories that really need that really need your attention. When this pandemic started, when we first started hearing about it after Christmas into January of 2020, you know, in the United States, an election year, of course. The Chinese and the WHO told us then, oh, not to worry. It's really not a problem for human beings. Look how quickly that changed in 45 days. By mid-February, it all changed. And if you think about it, about every six weeks or every six days or every six hours, the story about COVID-19, the coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, kept changing. I've told you, if you're a regular listener, and if you're new, I just want to share this with you. I came out of retirement to work back doing things that I had done prior years before in emergency management. So I dived in headfirst in a large county looking at the projected number of people that would be infected in our county and the number anticipated to die by July the 1st of 2020. We thought we were in for one of the most horrific experiences this nation has ever seen. And we were prepared to do all kinds of things. And we we did our job, but as I look back now, I'm realizing even those of us in emergency management were hoodooed. We were basically misled and did things that had we known all the facts we know today, I wonder, I wonder if we would have had the political stomach to do it. person shared a news story that came out like from last year. We're talking a while back. And in this particular story about a lady in her 80s back in December of 2020 on the morning of December the 18th and I'm just going to share some bits and pieces of a story. This story came out in Mountain Home uh, Pennsylvania and the New York Finger Lakes region. I know that area well. I live there many, many years ago. And it talks about this this lady who is in you know her 80s who 
came down with COVID-19. She lived in a small house in Cheektowaga, New York. And uh, Cheektowaga is just east of Buffalo. And all the Christmas plans ended up being, well, canceled because she came down with COVID-19. And like many before her, especially in states like New York, run by fools and idiots and, and reprobates, the only course of treatment was generally speaking, well, I guess you do the best you can at home. If that doesn't work, we'll go to the hospital. And if that goes downhill, you go to the ICU and from there a ventilator and from there to the mortuary. That was pretty much what happened to a lot of people during the entire COVID-19 epidemic. And one of the things that stands out, so this woman ends up literally on a ventilator, in a hospital, in her 80s, in what's called supportive care in upstate New York. We know one thing, and I'm going to talk about the vaccine in a few minutes, why I have no interest in taking it. I'll explain my my very reasonable reasons. I don't even have to go into certain things. There are plenty of there's plenty of reasons not to, and I'll share those in a couple of minutes. But we've always been led to believe by the news media for the past 18 months, or at least now 15 or 16 months, that only a vaccine could save us from this horrible disease, which came naturally by a bat species crossing to humans. Up until about a month ago, you dare say that on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube, and you got shut down, banished, kicked off, deplatformed, or called a nut job or whatever, you know, a keeper of odd knowledge, a kook. And we've learned that everything I told you last year, that this did come out of a, uh, a laboratory in Wuhan, China, and that it was funded, and it was the virus that had been played with in the United States up until 2014, when it became illegal, and how Fauci cleverly, in a Senate hearing, was able to lie without lying. He didn't bother to tell anybody that, you're right, our, 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 we never funded uh, direct research on, on gain-of-function. No, but he funded third-party nonprofits, some of which they helped to create, to give money to who in turn gave money to Wuhan and the Chinese. So we know, we know full well the story's beginning to fall apart about where the virus came from. Even the New York Times and the Washington Compost and 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 Facebook are now beginning to allow you to mention the virus came from Wuhan. Every time I put that up before, they took it down and told me that I was spreading misinformation and untruths and I and I may be kicked off Facebook entirely. Thing is, people like Fauci already knew They knew. And I don't know what the reasoning is behind pushing the vaccine, but some doctors have been working behind the scenes over the years. And and I, I read something and I had to think about this for a few minutes. 
I really had to think about it. Did you know, and I did not know this until I read this story, and this doctor's explaining it for the first time in language that I can understand and you can understand. Did you know that the virus that causes COVID-19 in and of itself. Now, listen to me carefully. I'm going to have to kind of explain this, and I want to run through it quickly. The virus that causes COVID-19, the virus that causes COVID-19 in and of itself will not kill you. Wait a minute. What about those 680 or 700,000 that died? Let me say it again. These doctors that understand more than I do, more than most of us do, and those that have been on the front lines for 20, 30, 40, and even 50 years, they understand something about coronatype viruses. A coronavirus which this is a type of coronavirus. Gain of function means it's more contagious. The virus in and of itself does not kill you. See, within a couple of weeks, your body has pretty well destroyed the virus. Let me explain that. Within a couple of weeks, if you've contracted COVID, your body has destroyed the virus. Now, if you didn't catch that, I'll say it one more time. Your body will destroy the virus. What happens is your body also unleashes a tremendous number of now, I don't want to use the word deceased virus because viruses technically are not a living organism, but viruses that can't do anything are released by the body, and it's your body's response to this massive release of what your body is doing in dealing with COVID-19 or any coronavirus that is what kills people. Now, Now, just follow this for a moment. These doctors understand something, and those that have been doing this all their life, they, they, re- they recognize that what happens is It's our body's response, and if it goes into a hyper mode, it can kill you. We know that. And these are the ones that were ending up on ventilators with the body then fighting more, and it became a more downhill battle. And 80-some-odd percent, 85% that went on a ventilator just simply died in the first part. The best way to describe it, the, the trillions upon trillions of coronaviruses that overwhelm and sicken the host... Like, that would be you if you got it, or me. They don't, they don't kill the host. By a certain point, the coronaviruses technically, for whatever purpose, die, if you want to use that term. And like a suicide bomber flooding out of a Trojan horse, they swamp the body with a vast viral graveyard that triggers a friendly fire hyperimmune response that in turn unleashes multi-organ inflammation, clotting, all these things that doctors are seeing. A body, that a person dying of COVID-19, it's complex, it's terrifying, but it's simple. It is because of the body's response 
to these now defeated viruses that are being expelled in large in large numbers. So a lot of doctors last year were looking for various known, oftentimes off-label, nothing wrong with that. Remember, a label on a drug is just for the marketing of what they put it out there initially to do. They discover over time a lot of other things that a drug can do. And they're called off-label. Been doing that for 100 and 200 years. You know, I mean, it's, it's common. And so these doctors are beginning to say, wait a minute, let's just stop and back up. These are real doctors. We need to calm the body down in its response. And some of these doctors have come up with ideas. They call it the now famous math plus protocol. The word math standing for uh, methyl prezidone, uh, ascorbic acid, vitamin C, thiamine, vitamin B1, blood thinner, heparin. That's where the term math comes from. It was one of the first cocktails, so to speak, as they call it, to fight people that were dying of their body response to COVID-19. Now, these were pretty new approaches, but all the national and international healthcare agencies throughout the world didn't like it. They were warning against it. Oh, no, no, no. We got to wait for a vaccine. You know, Dr. Fauci says we must have a vaccine. We'll get it in a few years. So until then, we just have to stay hunkered down. But, you know, over time, these doctors used it experimentally, and their results were incredible. Ivermectin's another one. Hydroxychloroquine, all these things that calm down the body's response. ICU doctors, face group. There was a private group on Facebook for doctors. And after it stopped the dying in the hospital, you know, Facebook wanted to get rid of them. Notice the media is trying to feed you propaganda. For whatever reason, there's only one permitted narrative, no matter what the truth is. If you live in North Korea, there is a truth that is set out by the regime. You believe it or you suffer. And we're heading in that direction now, even in the Western world. You can't even have a civil discussion anymore in a lot of places about things that actually will treat and subside COVID-19. I read what these doctors have done. And I listen to one after the other after the other. I read their papers. I read the stories. I read the results. And these doctors will tell you that people were dying needlessly and sometimes still are. We kind of cracked the code, as they say, but no one seems to care. It's all about the vaccine, vaccine. We got to take the vaccine. Every doctor that has come out and put their reputation on the line, every one of them, every one of them, and there were a lot, that have done similar type of approaches. You know, they use variations, but it all accomplishes the same thing. 
people, they now say that 85% of those that died because of how their body responded might have lived had they been properly treated in the beginning, had the one-size-fits-all narrative from places like the WHO that hate us, China that uses us, and Fauci, who stands to probably cash in nicely. There was never an approved treatment to date, when you think about it, in terms of the official narrative to stop the sick from getting sicker and overloading hospitals where they would face most likely death. Still doesn't exist. All the treatments that Big Pharma came out with that are non-vaccine, and very expensive, I might add, too, they failed. All of them. Didn't have any impact. Including, I remember Fauci touting Remsdevere, you know, the and some monoclonal antibody therapy, the holy grail, you know, of these expensive $1,000-a-dose treatments. They didn't work. Yet the simple stuff that's been around for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, 100 years works. There's no money in that. Follow the money. And then look at the deep state and the globalists that want to control your life, my life, and every aspect of the world's economy, they need this pandemic. Oh, they desperately need it. We've been lied to. And what really angers me is that probably, well, in all honesty, we know that many of these so-called coronavirus deaths had nothing to do with the coronavirus, but let's just make up a number. Let's assume that 400,000 people died with the coronavirus. If 85% of those, (laughs) think about this, died needlessly, maybe the real death toll was 40 or 50,000, like a very light flu year. Our response to treatment may have been the death sentence. Do you understand what I'm telling you? Everything we've learned about COVID-19, the official narrative, when you look at like, I take it back, Going back to this 80-year-old in upstate New York, as she was literally dying in an upstate New York hospitals, her doctors did not have any kind of ivermectin in their treatment bag, but they did have remsdivir, so they gave a dose, didn't help, $3,000 a dose. Eventually, she was able to get this other treatment, and now she's home, and here we are, looking at her months later in her home, in her 80s, and feeling quite good. We've been lied to. We have been lied to. One doctor said, I'm a lung specialist. I'm an ICU doctor. My city is being destroyed by the worst pandemic in a century, and it's a lung disease. People are dying. I want to save lives. And he realized that it could be done with therapeutics that are laughed at by social media giants who think they're news people. They're not. 
They're not. They're tools of a they're tools of globalists because they're now among the elites. They're the billionaire club. They're the billionaire club. A lot of the narrative about COVID-19 is beginning to fall apart for now. The origin, number one, that's just, that story has, you know, is being obliterated. Obliterated. Disappearing before our very eyes. It's going away. The truth is coming out. Sometimes truth enters the race, as they say, late in the game. But it's consistent. And in time, will overcome. It may be a while. Maybe a while. But the truth will come out. There's a lot of truth that could very likely come out. And I think the leftists of the world, the elitist of the world, the dark forces, the demonic of the world are trying to hide the truth. And they feed us propaganda so we deceive ourselves. That's how I open the program. We deceive ourselves, or many do, into believing certain lies. We have family members that are that are convinced that if if my wife and I don't take the vaccine, that we will somehow just die this fall of COVID. It's going to just knock us over, even if I'm wearing a mask, driving a car, and it's just going to kill us. But they have the vaccine, so they will live long and happy lives. That's what they believe. And I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. Last week, the beginning of last week, last weekend, not this past weekend, but, you know, a week and a half ago, in the United States, we had our first, quote, holiday of the, quote, summer season. It's called Memorial Day, three-day weekend. Then we have July 4th, then we have Labor Day. Kind of the, you know, these are the, the trio of holidays or celebrations that make up yeah, what we call our summer, even though summer technically starts in, in, in June, but it kind of starts in most of the United States after Memorial Day. And so here we are. I noticed something. And where you live, you probably notice it too, and it's probably increasing a lot. A month ago, blue states... Even some cities in red states, oh, that mask wearing was just, you got it. The PA system, my mask protects yours, protects you, and yours protects me. Not, it really doesn't, but that's, we were led to be shamed into wearing these, these face diapers for fraudulent reasons. They don't work. And little stories are beginning to come out now. They've been buried for a long time. I've seen them before. There is no study that can show you that the, the mask could stop, prevent the spread or acquiring of the coronavirus. They tried to convince people with bacteria stuff. You know, the, oh, look at the Petri dish. Well, that's a whole different discussion. Bacteria and a virus are not the same. How we acquire them, similar but not the same. And a mask doesn't stop you from breathing it in or out. Even Fauci understood that last year when he said it just stops a droplet or two, but it doesn't do anything. He was right. Those were what the studies had said for 40 years. And then the big lie began. The media picked up on it. Social media condemned you, silenced you if you talked against the narrative. And now we're finding out, 
hmm, maybe they didn't work after all. We have people that are afraid to take them off. I was in a store the other day. I saw this one couple with a Biden sticker on their car with their young child, and they all were wearing face masks. Nobody else was, but they were because it's going to protect them or their virtue signaling. I don't know. I really don't. I can't. I can't speak for them. But something happened right before Memorial Day. If you didn't notice, gradually things have been opening up. Number one, it's kind of hard to lock down New York. It's kind of hard to lock down Chicago. It's kind of hard to lock down California and New Jersey and other blue states. In light of the fact that states like Florida and Texas and Tennessee and Georgia and South Carolina, where they've been walking away from the mass mandates, you remember when President Biden said to the folks in Texas when they stopped the mask mandate, that's Neanderthal thinking. He was wrong. The numbers in Texas radically improved after they stopped doing all the silly nonsense. And so it's going to be hard. Look, those that have been trying to keep the pandemic alive are realizing what it, what's floating the boat right now is not going to survive. It just is not. It can't. The narrative of where the thing came from is falling apart. The mask mandates are falling apart. Locking down is falling apart. And so it's time to have a pause, so to speak. Give the people a taste of freedom, and maybe by the fall we can create a new boogeyman, a new evil demon that we have to fight and and lock down again and take away freedom. It's coming. This was very politically orchestrated. The opening up of blue states and blue cities out of nowhere. And I think it was pre-planned because... Was it magic? Did the government find a universal way to fix the virus overnight? Of course not. So when did it become insanely, insanely, when did it, you know, this is, the insanity to me is this. When did it suddenly become safe in a day? Did the virus take off? Um, oh, it, it took off Memorial Day weekend. It's not, it, it, it went out to barbecue somewhere else. Sporting stadiums are opening up all over the country, even in California. Concerts, people shoulder to shoulder. Two weeks ago, I was able to attend a high school graduation for a granddaughter. And they were able to just say, no tickets required. Everybody just come and fill the stadium. And I did. CNN, though, I think gives a little hint. Yeah, even from... The jawbone of an ass, as the Bible would say. Unvaccinated people are still at risk as the U.S. celebrates Memorial Weekend maskless. In other words, they're trying to imply that those that are vaccinated are now just thoroughly immune to COVID-19. Well, then how did eight members of the New York Yankees baseball team who are fully vaccinated come down with COVID-19? And while a glimpse of normalcy is exciting to see, as they said, this is CNN, one health expert is warning the millions of people who have not been vaccinated may pose a high risk to each other. You unvaccinated, you you filthy vermin, you unclean, unvaccinated, you're going to kill each other. 
there remains a high risk of those that are not vaccinated. And that includes children who are not yet eligible to be vaccinated, as well as adults who just won't do it. All of this, I believe, is preparing everybody for the next step. The very next step. We're being told we have to have all these vaccines to protect each other and ourselves from this mysterious disease. I'm telling you, enjoy your summer of freedom. Enjoy it. Because it's going to be short-lived. Because sometime after Labor Day, sometime in September, October, when the natural, normal beginning of the flu season and cold season really kicks in, COVID will be back. A new variant, mark my words, write it down today that Bob Bierman said on this date, the eighth day of, of June, that by, unless the truth comes out and something really happens and God really does a miracle, look for, look for pandemic lockdown part two coming up even bigger and badder as the uh, folks without the vaccine. Remember, this will be short-lived, but it'll all change. There'll be civil unrest because those unvaccinated, unclean, unsavory people are causing us to have to lock down, force them to the ground, and jab a needle in their arm. That's the next phase of this takeover. And guess what? Hell is not far behind. I talked a long time on this first segment. I didn't really plan to do that, but I needed to get this information out. There has been treatments. They've been covered up. It's all been about a vaccine. And I'm really afraid of what the real purpose of this vaccine may be to the deep state and the big pharma that don't care. There comes a point, and we need to be honest about this. Listen to me carefully. We no longer have a lot. People are just we're not rational anymore. The Bible talks about the reprobate mind, doing things that are unseemly. Uh, common sense is gone. Truth is a lie. Lies are truth. Everything Orwellian is now coming into play. Is there a deeper agenda behind all of this? All of this? Yes, there absolutely is. But we're also coming into an unusual time. we got a lot to talk about in the next segment. You don't want to miss the next segment. I want to reveal to you these patterns that just repeat over history. I've talked about tribulation and the Great Tribulation. I don't know if we're coming into a great tribulation or just a really bad one. But we need to be ready. Listen, are you appreciating the work that we do here very quickly? We are now on satellite, Galaxy 19 audio channel. Look for it under the radio section if you have a Galaxy 19 receiver. Sometime soon, the website's going to have a lot more information than it does right now. 
And you can find out how to pick up the radio feed on satellite. It's currently available online. And when we get back, I'm going to explain to you more about it, but then I'm going to get into these really important topics. This is stuff you need to have. I know I'm asking a lot of you to hang in there for the next, oh, less than a half hour, but please do. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Feeling love in a moment. Shalom Alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now, so many believers want to feel the Lord's love all the time. And that's great. But the Lord never said you'll feel his love all the time. You see, if you feel God's love all the time, then what's the point of faith? So many believers wait to feel compassion so they can be compassionate. The Lord doesn't say feel compassionate. He says be compassionate. He doesn't say feel holy. He says be holy. And so we mistake feeling love for loving. And we want to feel good instead of being good. But it's more important to be good than to feel good. Because true goodness is good even when you don't feel good. In fact, true goodness is often most good when it doesn't feel good to be good. Messiah never said, you shall feel the truth and the truth shall set you free. He said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You see, feelings are nothing more than feelings. But God is real. And so a real walk of a real disciple must never rest on feelings, but on the truth, on reality. So if you're not feeling too good, that's okay. It doesn't mean you're not good. And if you're feeling far from God, that's okay too. It doesn't mean you're far away. And if you're feeling as if God doesn't love you, it's okay. You know why? Because it's just a feeling. Feelings, nothing more than feelings. God loves you. His word is true. And you are his child. So be good. Be holy. Be righteous. Be compassionate. And be loving whether you feel like it or whether you don't. Be good, for the Lord is real and good. Want more? Ask for secret alms and closets. Now, feeling like your walk with God could use a real spiritual boost? Well, we've got the answer. A free subscription to Sapphires. Warning, use it as directed. It can revolutionize your walk for victory. Also, the mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. It's all free. How do you get all this? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll be so blessed, but call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, I invite you to minister with me in two of the most exciting ministries on earth, to be in the word of life around the world by shortwave radio to every tribe and tongue and to Israel, the Jewish people, those who gave you the gospel. Just call now. You'll be blessed to be part. 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, the nice Jewish boy, box 1111. That's in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy, box 1111 in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah. Ha-Emet, the truth. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our program, Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Going to take an interesting journey in, in just a moment and get a bird's eye view of where we are, where we have been over the last 60, 70, 80, even close to 100 years. And I'm going to tie it together pretty quick. 
and I'm going to refer to a book you may have read, you may have heard about, written by Neil Howell and William Strauss called The Fourth Turning. And they have a very fascinating theory. Now, it's amazing how various people look at this book and, for lack of a better word, we'll call it prophecy or predictions for the future, and how many people interpret what it, what it means. And does it mean we're going to come into good times, bad times? Well, we'll talk about that in just a moment. Before I get to that topic, I want to thank all of you that support this radio program on shortwave, now on satellite, and this podcast. I'm just trying to do what God has called me to do, and I appreciate all the constructive uh, suggestions that you give me more than you'll ever know. Some people wonder why I'm on shortwave so much. It's because I need to cover multiple time zones and regions that I can't do with just one airing. And God has been good to me in in terms of, of how we've been able to make this happen. I believe we're coming into a very difficult time over the next several years. And when I say several years, it could be this coming year, may go on for a little while. I know there are a lot of people that are trying to hammer this together in Bible prophecy, the world we have today, and trying to say, well, Jesus is coming on this day, and because I read this in Daniel, and I tie it to Revelation and what Jesus said, and and, and they, they, they're trying to sell you their books, so be, be cautious. When somebody says, here's the Christ, or there's the Christ, don't, don't fall for it. The Bible warns you not to, and that's something I will not do. But I am going to give you some insight on things we can expect. Now, will this be the Great Tribulation or just a really bad period of tribulation? Time will tell. But either way, we need to be ready for either event. That's what it comes down to. Just because it's not the Great Tribulation doesn't mean you don't prepare. Do you believe in what we're trying to do? I'm trying to keep up a methodology of keeping this program going where I'm not dependent upon tech tyrants that can change their opinion and de-platform on a dime. And that includes even some podcast sites. So trying to put together a a system, a program, uh, whatever you want to call it, to keep the program getting out there, especially when things get, get worse. And they're going to get worse. If you go back to that book, by the way, if you believe in this ministry, I'll give you the information on how to support us. I'll give you the mailing address really quick. I'll give it at the end. I'll just wait to the end and I'll give you the mailing address. I've been reading several articles and I've got some material and some notes that I took for myself about this book called The Fourth Turning. And what these authors had come to conclude is that uh, every 20 years or so, as one generation displaces another, and that dynamic between one generation entering elderhood and the other entering young adulthood, it creates kind of a crisis of sorts every so many years. And these guys wrote this book back in 1997. And it really is a fascinating book, and and it's one worth your time. 
they they said back in 1997, they were writing the book in 95, 6, and then came out in 97. They were saying that the next transitional period, another turning, so to speak, would kick in around eh, 2005 or so and would climax somewhere around 2020, a little before, a little after. Not exact dates, but just a general feeling that we would begin to come into a new period that would begin to climax. And and what this would involve, and this is what I I thought was rather fascinating in, in their assessment, this becomes a time, and and I listen carefully here, where millennials and boomers are fighting over the shape of the world to come. Now, notice we didn't mention Generation X that comes in between, because there's kind of this rolling generations thing. If you think about it, and they talked about 2005, but it was a little off, 2008, the financial crisis that was that was beginning to steam up really bad, and I I felt in 2006 that the the housing market couldn't continue as it was, and by 2008, by that summer, the whole thing just crashed and burned, and here we are with a period of unrest in 2020. And, and this is where, how does the pandemic fit into this? Was it planned? Was it accidental? Or is it part of this turning by those that are, you know, pushing the narrative? The book, in the book, these two use the term uh, saculum, which means it's an ancient unit of time that spreads you know, 80 to 100 years. And the idea is that a a cycle of human life approximates the length of a long human life. And I've been trying to get my head around some of what they're saying, but they really believe that this fourth turning was going to start somewhere, give or take a few years, around 2005 or so, so maybe 2008. And they look at historical patterns. You can look back over history. We've all heard that term before. Those that don't learn from history are always doomed to repeat it. And today, we don't teach history like we used to in school. So we have we have a generation, millennials and the ones that are now following them, that are increasingly ignorant of history, American history, history of the last thousand years, history of the Second World War, the First World War, all the way back through time. And they talk about these patterns. They talk about these patterns that you can just see over and over again across history. And we may be coming into what is called the climax of the fourth turning here in the United States. They talk about the fate of empires. Only last, you know, about 250 years. We're we're getting close to that time. It won't be long before we celebrate... Uh, 250 years. I can remember. I remember back in in 1976, we celebrated the bicentennial 200 years, and here we are, 40 some odd years later. We're approaching that time, and we're coming up to it quickly. The book, I think, is kind of accurate 
I think there's a lot to learn. I think there's something about our the way this world works and its patterns. I think that there is patterns, there is organization, there's design. And as one generation is dying off, another one is coming in. And there's another one coming behind. And there's, there's always this stress. But we come to this point where at this fourth turning, And we have these various times, and they called them an awakening, an unraveling, and a crisis. We start with a high. You know, we, we just like the, we come in this great time. Then we have an awakening, an unraveling, and finally a crisis. And they believe we're coming into a time of crisis, another crisis. And they all mimic four seasons, like the high of spring brings rebirth and renewal, And the summer brings prosperity and abundance. The unraveling begins in the fall when things get colder and and things slow down. And then the crisis of winter when freezes all life together. They believe that we are, from this book, what they predicted in 1997. We're coming into the winter of history again. The fourth turning of a crisis. And it started way back, as I said, between 2007 and 2009. And it's going to continue probably later into this decade, 2027, 2030. We're not out of the woods after the coronavirus. I think the coronavirus has been used by the powers that be to execute more control over our lives. There has always been, and just please understand this, let's pause right here. Follow with me. The fight against good and evil, right and wrong, is as, ho- is as old as humankind on this earth. It is what it is. And these cycles repeat over and over again. So let's look at some of these turning points in the last 80 years. We've had about four turnings, and they're roughly 20, 25 years. It's not an exact period, but go back to the late 1920s. We were at a really high point then. Then we had the Great Depression. Then we had World War II, the high turning. Things got good again between 1946 and 1964. Hey, that's when those baby boomers came in into being. There was kind of a different world order at the time. We had prosperity. We had technology growing. We had indoor plumbing, more universal, and electricity, telephones, and automobiles. Talked about that yesterday, some of the the modern conveniences. And life for us baby boomers compared to our parents and even grandparents was actually very good. Come 1965, things started to change. From 65 to 84, we had this rise of individualism. And and also, think about this, especially if you're my age or close to it. We started losing, uh, shall we say, faith and confidence in many of our institutions. And the unraveling begins to occur as we close out the decade decade of the 80s and head our way to the year 2000. More cynicism, 
like I say, institutions, well, they erode. Our confidence is not there. Look, we look at the banking crisis. Do I have confidence in our banking institutions, the Federal Reserve or any of it? No, I don't. I really don't. We're spending trillions upon trillions of dollars. We have devalued our currency in a matter of a few months by, what, 25, 27% by printing more money. So what can we expect? Based upon history, if, if we keep repeating this cycle, what can we expect? In these turnings, in the fourth turning, history begins to pick up some speed. Change, risk, uncertainty. Would anybody want to predict the economy in in two years after COVID-19 and after everything we've seen? Oh, in the last 15 years, you couldn't do it. And many people, and I'm one of them, I wonder if we're going to have such an economic earthquake guy named Larry Burkett wrote a book years ago called The Coming Economic Earthquake. And he was talking about such a time as this. He didn't know when it was going to be. It wasn't going to be. He didn't. He wasn't trying to say it from that point of view. But from a biblical point of view, it was inevitable. Now, some people, we they, they look at this and they're hoping for good things. We're seeing, as in any of these fourth turnings, a societal realignment. The way we change and the way we act. A lot of things changed, especially with World War II. Women in the workforce, a lot of things happened. We are, I really believe, we are, this is very accurate, and it's just human nature. We're coming into the into the fourth turning, the winter of our lives, so to speak. And everything as we know it could come crashing to an end and, and be replaced. Now, what will it be replaced with? There, there's the question. Some people try to think, oh, the new awakening, a better time is going to come. Everybody's going to be happy and love everybody. I don't buy that for one minute. For a number of reasons. I simply can't believe that. I believe we also have something else to deal with, which has shown itself during these turnings over the many centuries, the hand of God and God's judgment. Not only are we coming into a time of a great change, I believe, we are fighting the powers of hell and demons the likes of which we have never dealt with before, at least in my lifetime. America is going to pass through a portal, so to speak, a time period. Will be, could be another Great Depression. I don't know. The key is how do we respond? How are we going to go through this time? Everybody seems to agree agree on one thing. We're never going to get back to what we knew as normal. And that may be by design by by those that want to control our lives. They can use something like a pandemic, something like a financial crisis and meltdown. How are we going to sustain all this debt? 
And what disasters have been planned for us that we don't even know? I'll say it again. I said it. I hinted at it yesterday, and I'm going to say it. Listen to me carefully. This is my opinion. I'm going to sound like St. Paul here. I speak by permission, not by authority or not by some revelation. I'm not making a prophecy here. I'm just connecting some dots. We had this sudden turnaround where the mask came off and we're getting a freedom. We're getting freedom for about 90 days or so from the virus with a real big push on vaccine hesitancy. Why the push for the vaccine? I told you in the first half of the program, there was never a real need for it. I told you that yesterday. We have doctors that already understood this, that this is our body reacting to a coronavirus, and it always is the same thing. The body can be overwhelmed, even as the body's expelling these viruses And it's the response, not the virus itself. So what is in this magical elixir they're trying to jab into our arm? Why are we creating spike proteins which are toxic in and of itself? What is the idea? Remember, I told you, I'll give you my reasons for not wanting this. We've never used this type of therapy for a coronavirus before especially on a scale of this nature and especially in less than a year. Most of these, you know, what are called over-the-top type vaccines take 10 or 12 years and and only a few percent ever make it through all the trials. So we push this thing through. That makes me a little nervous. I don't think we're going to be lucky with a vaccine like some of the experts, you know, the the financial people would love to think that, hey, we'll, we'll fix everything with a vaccine. I think that even if it could, which it can't, there's still a big crisis to come. COVID-19 was the precursor, the beginning, to give you an idea of how things can change. Christians are going to be mocked and they're going to be, well, less tolerated in our world. The church is going to end up being pushed out of the mainstream and and inside of their four walls and hopefully with not even a sign on it. This is where we're heading. We're heading to a very, very difficult time. It could be a time of tribulation. I'm never going to say because I don't know. Could it be the great tribulation? Only time will tell. But right now, we in the United States are, are in a big ditch called 20-some-odd trillion with a T dollars that we're in debt for. That is more than the entire value of our nation and economy that can that's produced in a year. We can't, we can't go on like this. We can't have people born being, you know, $90,000 in debt for every man, woman, and child or some other obscene number, whatever it really is. Hard to even figure that out. Real quick, look over my look over your lifetime. How is money devalued? I can remember my first job in radio. And if you made a hundred bucks a week back in those days, you could actually afford a house and a car and groceries. Take six or seven times that now. And we still struggle. We are in a fourth turning. 
Whether it leads to a final turn, I don't know. But I think we're going to face three things in this turning. Listen carefully. And I'll get back to the economic side on Thursday's program tomorrow. Wednesday, I try to do a program of more hope. And I will do that tomorrow, and I'll share that with you. But I want you to think. We also have the reckoning of God's judgment because we as a nation have truly turned our backs on God. Every time I go to some email or some social media site, here we are. All I've seen for the last eight days is nothing but rainbows. Celebrate Pride Month, gay TNT, whatever. I'm getting sick of it. Why is sexuality being shoved down our throat right down to gay cereals for our kids? There's going to be a price to pay. Churches that have adopted this and celebrate that sin, their lampstand is gone and God's retribution and judgment is sure, swift, and powerful. Are you ready for what's to come? Tomorrow I'm going to talk about the hope we have in Jesus Christ. On Thursday we'll talk about the economics and how to plan ahead for these very uncertain times. They're not just might be coming, they are coming. They're absolutely coming. Are you ready? Do you believe in the work that we're doing here at Truth to Ponder? I would love to hear from you. If you want to send me a direct email, it's bob at truth, the number two, ponder.com. Bob at truth, the number two, ponder.com. If you want to support us, by the way, we're in Florida for a while, but the mail still goes to Georgia. We have, thankfully, it's being taken care of, God provided. I didn't want to have to have two addresses. We may change it down the road for a permanent address, but for now, we have an address that is usable. 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. That's number 263 in Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia. And the zip code is 30537. I'm going to do, I pray every day. Some days I just don't, I wonder, am I coming up short? Am I helping you? Am I giving you some information you can use? I try to go through all the news that's out there. I try to distill it and break it apart to make it understandable to you. And most important, I do that for one reason, not to give you fear, but truly to give you hope. Until tomorrow, may God bless. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.